It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. to participate in nonviolent demonstrations in downtown Birmingham. We were told in some of the mass meetings that a day would come when we could really do something about all of these inequities that we were experiencing. And we were calling it D-Day. That was May 2nd, 1963. On a Monday morning, a young lady came out to visit our school to recruit people to come downtown. And she said, I'm hoping you can motivate our kids to come and go to jail. Some people, their parents might have known what they were doing. There's a lot of folks who, you know, their people had no idea. My mother knew about it, and she told me not to march, don't leave the school ground, but I did anyway. Droves of us left school and walked to 16th Street. We saw the kids coming into the 16th Street Baptist Church and we were elated, they made it, they made it. We sang some freedom songs, we said some prayers. They reminded us this was a nonviolent movement and with those instructions, we were lined up in pairs, walked down those steps singing, We Shall Overcome. Lo and behold, coming off of the steps at the 16th Street Baptist Church, there were 25 to 40, 50 sheriffs across the road with these little batons in their hands at the ready. First, we were faced with the dogs and the water hose. Kids are sprayed with fire hoses. They kick out 100 pounds of pressure. They tore clothes, they tore flesh. The police officers stopped us and uh, speaking through a megaphone, said, get out of this line or you're going to jail. I was so intimidated by facing a white man. I'd never had that encounter. We were put in a cell block. I understand hold 650 people. And this cell block had over 1,500 people in it. There were so many people there, we were just standing around shoulder to shoulder. More and more people were being arrested and they called for school buses to come for us. And this time we were carried to the state fairground. We got excited driving into the state fairground because blacks weren't allowed to go to the state fair except on Saturday night after 10 o'clock. And here we are in Fair Park and it's about to rain. It was a ferocious thunderstorm that day. And I can recall several of the girls said that God don't even want us. I think we were the pivotal point 
that caused some changes uh, to take place in society. I think the nation was so outraged by how children were being treated in a nonviolent movement until it touched the hearts of people who otherwise might not have noticed what was going on. It's not about having gone to jail, how long I stayed, and what we went through that day going to jail. It's about our kids. And our kids need to know the story. Without those young people making the sacrifice that they made, you know, the tide wouldn't have been turned. You know, it, it just, it was meant to be. And uh, well, those young people made change that has lasted uh, ever since. I had never seen that. Had anybody ever seen something like that about uh, the civil rights movement? Okay, yeah, one person. I had a couple, right? But I have to be honest, I didn't know anything about that until this week. We talk about the bus boycotts and we talk about the sit-ins and we talk about the marches, but we don't talk about the little girls and the little boys who re-energized the civil rights movement of 1963. That march came after a failed attempt at desegregation in Alabama, and it was found that fewer people were attending meetings and sit-ins. The number of adults who were willing to volunteer to get arrested had steadily dwindled those last two weeks of April, and it looked like the movement was about to fall apart, says Glenn Eskew, a history professor at Georgia State University. Without those young folks, where would our church for everyone be? If you would, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. It is the quintessential youth ministry scripture. Everybody likes this one because this is the one time people think. People think the Bible talks about young folk. And in 1 Timothy 4, 12, it says, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live in your love, your faith, and your purity. It says example to all believers. Does it say an example to some believers? Does it say an example only to teenage believers? It says an example to what? All believers. That means they are our spiritual examples. Has anybody ever been a student? If you've ever been a student, raise your hand. Thank you very much for the participation. Put your hand down. All right, I am a high school English teacher. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for, uh-huh, yes. High school is hard, y'all, okay? So as a teacher, when you begin a new concept, first you define terms, right? Then we talk about life application because only thing that kids wanna talk about is how is it that I'm gonna use this in the real world because you gotta pass this class to get to the real world, duh. <laughs> Handing his homework, 
okay? After that, then we provide an example. Where is it that you put the example? Do you, do you put it under the desk? Thank you. Do you put it under a desk? No. no. Do you put it in the hall? No. Do you put it in a room around the corner in the hall? You put it high up on the board so everybody can see. So why is it that we put our spiritual examples in back rooms and in basements on old couches and feed them cold pizza and then we tell them don't cuss and don't have sex? That's the end. Do we think that God's arms are too short to reach teens? In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus goes into the wilderness to fast and pray. The devil tempts Jesus and he says, you hungry? Turn these stones into bread. The devil knows that Jesus can turn rocks into bread, but we don't know that kids can preach. I believe God. I do not doubt him. Trust that I have seen crazier than a six-year-old healing. Amen. I was the crazier. Amen. Today, you are free to dream. To dream of the folks you've been praying for to come to Jesus because of the activists, the young artists, the preachers, the givers, the administrators with courage and wisdom and energy and resources to reach, to do exactly like the kids in the Children's March of 1963. If we believe that our young leaders are examples to all believers, we will train and mentor and encourage them. We won't be surprised to see them preach alongside their gifted adult preacher counterparts. We'll make giving decisions alongside them, amen? We'll heal alongside them, not only during Easter pageants, not only to add the cute factor, we need the innovation to reach people online, new ways to lead with our differently abled families. We're gonna need gamers to evangelize in computer code. We're gonna need those quiet kids to encourage reflection and lament in our churches. We turn to the youngest of us and see the world transformed by the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ in ways we've never seen before. Today on, you are free to dream of seeing folks saved and delivered miracle signs and wonders through unlikely people. Free to see your own abilities and hope restored as you see the gospel of Jesus Christ through the gifts of the youth of young, Leaders, life. Hold up. Yeah, yeah. I got a God, don't change with the season. 
GTA, that's the law. New sheriff in it. Ooh, KB on, passing bars. I'm a lawyer in the pool. I ain't never seen nobody do it like this. I own every inch and I rule it like this. Look at my world, that's a little like drip. Only go to my list. I'm like, who did I miss? Let it breathe. Ooh, cool. Let it breathe. Yeah, peace, peace. Jesus, that's my creed. Ooh, Michael B. Ooh, yeah, he bossing. Uh, don't be a clown, but you're not it. Uh, worship in a marsh pit. Uh, I'm in this park like the tropics. Uh, and women get in it, they get it, then they live again. Good and generous, definitive, that's from the genesis. Unlimited, inhibited, look at all of these witnesses. Give you the business, it's taking body, homie, he finished it. Hey, 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 don't change on the season. My name is Lena, and today I'm going to talk to you about love. So y'all must be thinking, what does this girl know about love? Well, I'm going to tell you through the sermon. Please open your Bibles to Jeremiah 2.2. <laughs> Jeremiah 2.2 is written by a man named Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is talking to the children of God. Jeremiah 2.2 says, go and speak to the people of Jerusalem. Say to them, this is what the Lord says. When you are a young nation, you are faithful to me. You love me like a young bride. You followed me through the desert. It was a land that had never been planted. What the Lord was saying is that in the beginning, the children of God were love, faithful and loving, but somehow it changed. Sounds like these people were not as faithful when they first started their relationship with God. I'm no expert on dating, but you know how you get your new boyfriend or girlfriend and you're all in love? <laughs> you go on dates and you brag to your friends how, much, how perfect he or she is and how much you love them. Then after a while, you aren't so in love anymore. You used to post on social media and take a lot of pictures together and laugh, spending a bunch of time together, right? But after a while, the magic begins to fade. <laughs> after a while, you don't text or post as much. It seems like this, that is what these people did. The love is gone. Throughout these pages, too. The Lord is saying, You don't love me or follow me like you used to. God is not pleased with them because that was not the plan that He had for them. His plan was for them to, be, to love and be faithful to Him. God wanted their relationship to grow and become healthier. If that was the plan for them, isn't that the plan for you? God's love is eternal. That means he will love you forever. And his love is so powerful. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 7, it says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. 
When I read that, I learned that God's love is honest, kind, and patient. It empowers you, and no one can love as perfectly as God can. I know people can benefit from God's love because he can heal things like losing a loved one or the stress of living in a pandemic. People need that kind of love. He knows all about you, all your flaws, all the things you've done wrong. And he still loves you. You can't be that. A relationship with God is secure. You don't ever have to worry about him breaking up with you. Unlike some kids I know. They will break up with you every couple days. Forever. I'm not even lying. They will. That's the difference between them and God. He is greater than anyone you will ever meet. Because he wants you to get to know him better because he knows everything about you. So get to know him. Thank you. was we got boxes of two boxes of cake and we cut the cake into a square and then we cut it into triangles and and now I'm going to ice the cake Just gotta put this up here. Oh. <laughs> gotta face this towards me. And there you have it. So my hands are dirty. So this, and then we did it up. I made this leaning cake because my scripture relates to leaning on God and not to your own understanding. But why are we leaning to God? Because God is someone we can trust. God is the one who knows all. He is our teacher. He teaches us about some things like the fruit of the Spirit. And there are three that I noticed that came to my attention. And those three are love, peace, and patience. Let's start out with love. 
love. You need love, or we need help with love, because some people don't know how to love. You love with having a good heart and being kind to others. Moving on to peace. My brother, at night, like even three in the morning, he'd be yelling, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, why did I lose the game, no! That ain't peaceful. was awake because my brother was yelling last night. And you, oh my gosh, my iPad keeps doing this. Turn on. Changes this one. We love, we, peace means we don't be stressed and we're not loud. Um, and not causing any disruption. And the last one is patience. Patience is when not, you're not knowing how fast things will come, but knowing they will come. We have a lot to learn but we can't learn it by ourselves, which is why we have teachers like God. Again, oh, my scripture is Proverbs 
imagine uh, that you have a kid, if you don't already, uh, if you have a kid and he comes to you with something a bit big, right? He's like, Mom, I don't know, I saw a protest on the TV and I want to do something like that. And you know, what do, what, do, what do some parents think? Some parents think, that's awesome, that's great, I'm so happy you want to you know, make, make a difference. Now other parents, they're like, nah, that's, that's what adults do. Adults are here to make the difference and make the change. Let's say they come to you with something a little smaller, you know, something a little simpler. How do I practice good work etiquette? How do I spend my money well, you know? How do I drive? And, you know, you tell them what you told them before. You tell them, that's kid stuff, that's adult stuff, man. Uh, and you'll get there when you get there. And then they get there and they fumble the ball. Uh, an old African proverb that I heard, uh, I think, illustrates that best when it says, a neglected child will burn the village in order to feel its warmth, which is so hard. Now at this point, I know, you guys are like, Adam, you've bashed me, you've complained at me, and you've made me the bad guy, how can I do this correctly? Well, to give you know, some examples of kids that weren't underestimated or a huge industry, child acting. Child acting, no matter how you and I feel of the aftermath, is truly something to marvel at. How your average everyday kid can get up and be this whole iconic character. Take Macaulay Culkin, for example. That kid is, has a must-see movie on Christmas every year, regardless. Not only has he made millions of dollars, he was pretty successful in the 90s. He was Richie Rich as well, so that, you know, boosted him. And along with, you know, kids like Zendaya, uh, the kids in Stranger Things, what are their names, the Sprouse Twins? Uh, those kids, super successful to this day, right now. And you're telling me, right, those kids are successful making movies and you can't have your kid go outside to preach the gospel? They can't sing on a Thursday? So now that, you know, I've told you all these things, I think now that we should get to something everybody loves. Benefits. <laughs> One of the benefits to doing this is, your, is people see your kid and they'll be like, they won't be like, hey, how do, I, how do I do what your kid is doing? And not only does that, do they ask the question to you, but they, you're now showing them something that you and I have that is one of the most fulfilling relationships on the planet. A relationship with Christ. A relationship that, to be honest, I mean, who would want to be locked out of? And when you underestimate your kid or look down upon your kid, it's somehow, it's, you know, somewhat locking them out of that relationship with God in a way. And personally, me, if I knew that later in my life that I could have came to Christ at a much earlier age, nobody told me, be a little upset. Yeah. So, get your kid, man. Make a difference. And, you know, let them show you how they can use their spiritual gifts. Because chances are, they're really good at it.
We often, okay, we often get worried about things in our everyday life. It can be when we can get a school letter. It can be doing something else. It could even be when people around us are acting in a different way that we don't really know how to feel about. But God doesn't want us to worry about anything in life. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Yeah. Everything around us can worry us so much, even with the pandemic, people around us that we just want to support, and that is okay. The Lord does not want us to fear things that he has put on this earth for a reason. It says, fear not 365 times in the whole Christian Bible. That's one for every day of the year. Except for leap, yeah, yeah. Except for leap year with the extra day, the extra day you have to remember on your own. The, the Lord does not want us to live in fear. And the only person that wants us to live in fear is the enemy. When we live in fear, the enemy has more and more control over us. And that can mean less and less be, being closer to God. Psalms 20 verse 7 says, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name, our Lord, our God. Yeah. Trusting in God is one of our greatest gifts in our life. And when we use our God's trust, the devil has less and less control over us. Yeah. As I close out, Three things that I want you to remember is when you're feeling scared, put your hands in the Lord's. Yeah. When you feel nervous, you can, we can always feel nervous and scared, but when we do it, we always have to be strong coming back. And always, always trust in the Lord. I've been asked to close out in prayer, so everybody, can you please bow your heads and close your eyes? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for this wonderful day that you have given us. Lord, with everybody around us, Lord, thank you for letting us come together and worship and praise you. Lord, I ask that you can keep a mind over everybody, or even if they presented or not, Lord, that you can help them come over. Lord, I thank you for people letting them graduate and chill, and you letting them walk through your path of life. And Lord, with people around us coming in a new spiritual family with our God. So, Lord, whatever we can do, we want to glorify you and to praise you. And whatever we can do, we want to praise you every day, even if, we tr even if it's confusing to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. There we go. Hi, hi everybody. And hello people online. Um, I am Kira. <laughs> and my scripture is Colossians 3.13. So uh, unfortunately I have a bad memory and I forgot to write my scripture here. So could you please turn to, turn to Colossians 3.13 in your Bibles? 
that was that was really just a gimmick to make sure that you you know use your Bibles. Somewhere in that scripture, scripture, you'll notice that um, there is it mentions forgiveness, and forgiveness is a big part of Christianity. God sent his son down, down as kind of like a forgiveness gift for you, me, and people way back in 500 BC. <laughs> that rhymed. Many people aren't forgiven when they should be, like um, canceled celebrities on the internet. Kira, what do you mean? Canceled people are people who did something bad and now nobody likes them and they are rejected. That's not very forgiving, is it? It's not. Um, when was the last time you did something nasty, something, something bad? Is that what you want to be remembered for? No, you want to be forgiven, right? So you'd hope that that person would forgive you. They don't have to because Jesus will forgive you, Jesus will forgive them, but you really should. Because, because um, Jesus forgave and, the, and you, the goal, <laughs> is to be more like Jesus. So practice your forgiveness skills, why don't you? <laughs> That's that, thank you. They have been um, working at this for months, actually. <laughs> um, I know that some people are still in a place of wonder, right? Like, how is that even possible? So many people would say that scripture is so difficult to understand that it's so far beyond so many, right? That it's too complicated for the everyday person to understand. But they range in age somewhere between eight and 15. What they did was they took a little time and sat with Jesus. And he spoke to them the same way that he's speaking to some of you right now. If you would like to know the kind of power and the hope that you saw through even the youngest of us today, you can have that power and that hope in Jesus Christ. I know that many of us are feeling hopeless and powerless when we've seen the kinds of violence that we've seen on TV some of the violence that 
has happened just up the road for some of us. But there is a power in Jesus Christ, a peace in Jesus Christ, a hope in Jesus Christ that is accessible to every single one of us. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life. In Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT, or please visit us on our website, Citadel of Faith. Dot org that's simply spelled c-i-t-a-d-e-l of faith.org all one word we would love to hear your testimonies we would love to hear your prayer requests know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone let's change the world together one person at a time